0: And she's going to share with us quickly about that. Well, I mean, what, however long she takes. Yeah,
1: and, and and we don't want this to be stressful. We we want it. I mean, I know, to, uh, Chris, you're okay if it's a little later, right? We're just going to follow with the Holy Spirit. Nobody's going to be stressed because today is our fun day. I mean, we've been having fun, haven't we? Um, you know, I just, I wanted to just touch on some things, uh, just some key points this morning quickly before Kathy brings the word um, about some of the things that the Lord has kind of highlighted for us um, in this last 21 days of gratitude and the power of gratitude. And so there were <clears throat> quite a few things that, um, that the Lord highlighted, that he highlighted to me. One of them was that there is strength in numbers. You know, in this season that we're walking in, the Lord does not want us to isolate ourselves doesn't want us to be all by ourselves and alone so that means um, we have to step out of our comfort zone and reach out to others Um, we have to do things we haven't done before we're gonna have to participate in things that we've not participated before so we're gonna have to come out of our comfort zone and it's something it's a move of the spirit right now where God's taking us from a comfortable place we're transitioning to a place that we've never been before. And when we transition, I know even in the center, next door, there are some children that have great difficulty transitioning from one thing to the next. And, you know, some of us, we say we like change, but we don't always like change because we like things to be comfortable. But God's moved us out of the comfortable, He's drawing us into a new place. So we need to be aware of that. So that's something that the Lord highlighted to me. The other thing that the Lord highlighted to me in this 21 days, but he actually has been speaking it through all of eternity, but in the last year he spoke it so many times, was that there is an invitation to friendship with the Holy Spirit. We have an invitation a special invitation right now. He's gone around to each of us, and he's handed us our own personal engraved invitation to have a friendship with him. And what does that mean? What does friendship with the Holy Spirit mean? It means taking time out. Because you build a friendship by spending time with someone. You build a friendship by getting to know them. Tina was sharing with us this morning one of those first precious moments that she had with the Holy Spirit and how it just drew her closer. And she wanted more. You could tell she was hungry from that one encounter. And God wants us to be hungry right now. He wants us to be hungry for his presence and hungry for his word. Let's see. What was the next thing? Another thing that the Lord spoke to me and showed me is that we can't give something we don't have. So if we're an empty vessel, we can't give to someone else. We can't bring healing. We can't bring love. Um, We can't bring comfort. If our own vessel isn't full with the Holy Spirit, with the Word, then we can't pour it out to someone else. Because God's calling us in these days to bring healing to one another and to the nations. Um, God's teaching us how to be a good friend to one another. So we chose names. And the reason we chose names is because it's so easy for us to just kind of go to what we know. But once again, the Lord's calling us to different places. He's calling us to get to know one another because we're a family. He's creating unity. He's kind of weaving this beautiful blanket together. And when it's all finished, it's going to be gorgeous. And we're not going to take any glory for it because it's all his handiwork. Um, One of the things that the Lord showed me in this time of gratitude, thanksgiving, and giving Because we've been giving of ourselves in this 21 days. We've been giving to one another. We've been giving to the Lord. We've been giving to people we don't know very well. So we've been praying daily. We've been giving to them, unbeknownst to ourselves. But the Lord showed me that even sometimes as Christians, we become entitled. We we don't realize it, you know, when it comes to giving, it's, my money, or these are my things. Do you know what I'm saying, how it just kind of slips in there and we don't realize it? But entitlement and generosity can't live together. We can't. If we're entitled, we can't live with generosity. It doesn't work. See, giving is a heart posture. It's a posture that we make a decision to take. To be giving, to be considerate, to think of others. There's a couple of scriptures um, I'd like us to turn to. It won't be much longer. If you would first turn to me, uh, turn with me to Mark. turn, Turn me. Mark chapter 12, and we're gonna start in verse. Let's see, where do I want to start? Okay, we're going to start in verse um, 41. I love this story. Then Jesus sat down near the offering box, watching all the people dropping in their coins. Many of the rich would put in very large sums, but a destitute widow walked up and dropped in two small copper coins worth less than a penny. Sorry, I just lost my place. There I am. Jesus called his disciples to gather. He said, gather around me. Come, come up here. I want, I want to tell you something. I tell you the truth. This widow has given a larger offering than any of the wealthy. For the rich only gave out of their surplus, but she sacrificed out of her poverty and gave to God all that she had to live on which was everything she had. She gave everything. She didn't have anything else. That's all she had. And so God's asking us in these days, not just financially, but with our time in serving in ministry, what are you going to give me? Are you just going to give me a small portion? Are you just going to go ahead and give me your life? Let me work through you. In the days ahead see he's he's molding new places he's highlighting and he's touching places in our hearts and some of its ugly the Holy Spirit has highlighted some ugly places in my heart in this 21 days things I didn't realize things about giving that were in my heart that I didn't realize were there but the Holy Spirit highlighted it I'm going to tell you a little story There was a young woman in her teens. She was going to go on a mission trip. And she had earned and raised $1,500 to go on this trip. And she never carried cash with her, but for some reason she was going to a conference and she had this $1,500 in her purse. And it came time for the offering. And she said, Lord, what, what do you want me to give? I don't want you to raise your hands. But I want you to ask yourself, do you ask the Lord what he wants you to give, or do you just give what you want to give? Not just with money, but with our time, with our service, with our ministry to one another, to this house. The Lord said to her, I want you to give it all. And she's like, Lord. I I, I must not have heard him correctly. So she's like, Lord, you... You know this is all I have. I, I've i worked so hard all summer. I know you have, and I want you to give it all. So she took it out. The offering plate came by. She put every dollar in, and she burst into tears because she was like, the mission trip is in two weeks. How am I going to earn that money? But what she didn't know is someone had already paid for her mission trip. It had already been paid for. When she went to them and said, the Lord had me give my money, I I can't go now. It's already been paid for. It's already been paid for. If you would then turn to Proverbs 11 quickly, and then we just have one more after this. We're going to look at Proverbs 11, verses 24 and 25 generosity brings prosperity but withholding from charity brings poverty those who live to bless others will have blessings heaped upon them and the one who pours out his life to pour out blessings will be saturated with favor the lord's not asking us to not have a life that isn't what he's saying in this season He's not saying, I I don't want you to have rest and I don't want you not to go on vacations and I don't want you not to buy nice things for yourself. But I want you to be willing to be generous in all areas of your life, whatever he's asking. And I sense right now that the Holy Spirit is highlighting some things to some of you right now that he wants, that he's confirming to you, that he's already been speaking to you. See, we can't outgive God. It belongs to him anyway. All of our money, our homes, our cars, our savings, our checkbook, my shoes, it's all his because he's my father and he provided it all for me. And he can take it tomorrow. And I can be completely without anything. I don't believe he's ever going to do that. But he can. But he is a loving father. And his heart is generous towards you. He's generous towards his sons and his daughters. And he's saying today, I want you to be generous to me. I want you to begin to be generous with your time. I want you to be generous with your things. Don't hold on to things in this earth too tightly, you guys. I learned that a long time ago from Lonnie and Kathy. Don't hold on to those personal possessions. They've given cars. They've given vacations. They've been an example for us. The last scripture is in 2 Corinthians. And we're going to go to chapter 9. And we're going to start with verse 6, and we're going to read through verse 9. And it says, I'm reading from the Passion Translation, by the way. Here's my point. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. You guys realize that whatever we sow, the seed that we sow, he's the giver of the seed. He's the giver of the seed. But the one who sows from a generous spirit will keep an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything every moment and in every way he will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do just as the scriptures say about the one who trusts him because he has sown extravagantly and given to the poor his kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten This generous God who supplies abundant seed for the farmer, which becomes bread for our meals, is even more extravagant towards you. First, he supplies every need plus more. Remember the scripture in Matthew where it talks about why do we worry about the things of today? When our Father gives seeds to the birds, And he causes the grass and the flowers to grow in such beauty that it's more beautiful than anything Solomon was ever arrayed with. How much more does he love you? I just want to share one quick little story. Years ago, um, I was getting ready. It was when we lived up on the farm. And I was hearing this tap, tap, tap 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 and I was like what is that noise and I peeked out my bathroom window my bathroom door and I had a big window on this wall and there was a big lilac tree and there was this little bird just like pecking on the window pecking pecking and I was like oh you poor little thing honey this is a window you can't get in here and he kind of flew away I went back in the bathroom and all of a sudden I heard the tap tap tapping tap tap tapping and I looked out and I saw a little bird, and I kind of shook my head, went back in, and then a third time. And I knew in my heart by the Spirit that God had something to say to me. So I sat down in the bedroom, and I just sat there quietly, and I just waited. And he gave me that scripture in Matthew. And I knew. See, I had been fretting over something that I had lost, these two little pairs of of earrings that my husband had given me at Christmas. I couldn't find them anywhere. And I'd been fretting over it. And I went back into the bathroom after I just said, okay, Lord, I just I give that to you. You know where they're at, Holy Spirit. You'll show me. And when I went back into the bathroom, the Holy Spirit just highlighted my medicine cabinet. And I opened it up. And I looked, and I moved something and I didn't realize it, but under my eye cream was this little tiny hole. And down inside that hole were those earrings. So, amazing. See, God, we think that he's, and he is so awesome and big. And he takes care of the cattle on every hill. And he takes care of The multitudes and the wars that are going on and the financial place that we find our country and the nations in today but he also is concerned about the little tiny things in your life the littlest smallest thing that you think is nothing is important to him because he loves you that's his generous love to you he is a generous father And he is encouraging you today to have faith for the greater things, to be generous in every part of your life. It's a gift. We've learned to give better in these 21 days. We've learned to be thankful. You know, I always wondered about that story of Cain and Abel, and I just always wondered why the Lord never, why he was so upset with Cain and his offering, but he was pleased with Abel's. But you see, Abel gave of the first of his fruit, the very best. Cain waited. He waited to see what he was going to have. That, that upset the Lord. I encourage you. Give of the first to him, not just money. Give of your time. Ask him each day, what can I do? Where can I go? How can I help in my church body? What ministry can I be a part of? The new year is coming. Make yourself a part of this family. If there's something that's concerning you that you think someone should do for you, I encourage you to go out and do it. Do it. Do it for someone else because what will happen is that thing, that's that need in our heart. See, only God can fill those places. My husband can't fill all the places in my life, and I can't have an expectation for him to be able to do that. And we as a family cannot fulfill your expectations of this family. Only father can if there's something that's missing if there's something that you're holding in your heart I encourage you go out and do it give it amen
0: I should have had to give your uh, exhortation uh, that's really a good word to us at the end because it absolutely sets up an offering, right? So if you would bring the offering out and put it in front of this, I see a hand up back here, and I want to hear. Yeah. I'm happy to hear what my brother has to say.
2: Uh, bring, Bring forth the blessings. You know, the Lord showed me in my 21 days, and it was for the specific person I was praying for, but it really applies to all of us. And what he showed me, and told me, is that how much have we grown as a family? How many steps have we taken on our journey? We've gone from being tentative and being tepid, we've gone to shouting for the Lord, loving him and enjoying him. I mean, this this is, this is music that's going all the way to the river. I mean, you guys, He says have grown so much, but don't get complacent. There's much more for us to do and much more that he wants us to do. So remember to be thankful for how far you've come. I I can remember when nobody went up front. (laughs) And now, you know, everybody goes up front except me because I can't do it anymore. But be thankful that he's bringing you along like this. He, and he, you know, and he doesn't bring you any faster than you know you need to go, but he will get you to where you need to be. So again, enjoy and don't be afraid of being. Don't be complacent. Let, let the growth come and get closer and closer to the Lord, and say to yourself, "What more can I do for you, Lord?" Both as a family and as an individual. Amen. I love that.
0: Thank you, Norm. I was talking with Roy Seifer and Susan this week, and he has a message for you. He was so excited. He was just talking to me about you and uh, your lovely wife, but he told me to give you this message. And he said, he was asking me how old you are, and I go, I have no idea, but, you know, another year has passed. He says, and nobody needs to know, uh, he was just saying, well, I just didn't know. I'm getting up there. And, you know, he was talking about his age uh, earlier in our conversation. He says, just tell him that I plan on seeing him at the Feast of Tabernacles next year, and we're both going to be in the front, and we're going to give it our best shot at dancing. So you may be up there next feast, okay? Just This is Roy Cipher. Roy, they weren't able to come this year. So he he told me that just days ago. That's right. Well, whatever. He just said he doesn't care. He's not going to give it up. He's not going to give it up. Yeah, we'll do that. We'll, we'll make sure. Everybody's going to get prayer that needs prayer before the day's over. Amen? But um, so I'm going to really work hard to condense this message. Um, these four weeks have been wonderful. <clears throat> they have been blessed the power of gratitude and thanksgiving for one another. It has opened up a door to all of you during this season of time. Um, It's opened up a door. uh, As you've reached out to others, Debbie was talking about sowing. You're starting to reap the benefits of this unity. Um, You know, this week uh, is the highlight will be unity. We've had other topics that we've discussed about gathering together. And giving gratitude but um, it's critical unity is critical If we look at the world that we live in if we look at our nation my nation that I love I mean God God placed me here for his work you know um, I'm thankful for that and uh, I want to help others that do not have the privileges that we have I've been praying all week for uh, the brethren Roy Roy Seifer was talking about uh, Pakistan, and I was telling him about some things of someone we know that's working so hard to translate the gospel in crucial foundational teachings in Yurdo to the people in Pakistan. They put their lives on the, on the line every day. So keep them in mind. Um, there's some great apostolic things that are happening there. And what Debbie was talking about is sewing. I, this isn't in my notes, so now I'm adding to what I had to say. Help me, Jesus. But I want to say uh, what we've recently done in the past several months uh, in prayer and support for this uh, man of God. Sometimes people go on the land to do the evangelism. They have to meet there secretly. You know, you, you don't publicize the meeting, but there's so many people in uh, Pakistan that if they get word out, you can have a, a flash mob meeting of 6,000. But you can't stay there too long. you got to move because they're watching. They'll come and arrest people, okay? So, so what we've got to do is put the word of God in their hands, in their language. And there's so many that are hungry for God right now, the hunger for so many, and to know. So um, the money that's been sown is investing. So they, we, God has raised up a young pastor who is translating this material into Yurdo and sewing to get the publishing done. So we don't have to publish it here. They do it right there. You know we've got pictures this is real nobody's ripping somebody off you do have to be careful on these things but you know yeah God has to find the person and so these pastors are getting some teachings that they've never heard before because most of them come from an old missionary group of the angry God and colonialism that wants you to serve an angry God in a form of manipulation to do what they wanted okay There is that attitude that fear of the angry God that if you do something God is watching you know it's the thing that kids go through at Christmas every year he knows when you are sleeping you know he knows when you're awake to get you to be good do you hear that isn't a relationship with God the greatest underlying foundation that we can teach the world is the ever-present never ending love of God Whatever he sees you doing, whatever he knows what you're doing, it it rides above that. And so they're getting this message, and they're almost afraid that it's too good to be true. And they're finding out what the law of God said. You know, there was love in the Old Testament, too. Folks, the mercy of God. The mercy of God. So... Those things are happening in this world. But in our nation, we've never seen anything so, such division. I've never seen it like this in my, my life, and I'm kind of old as dirt. So uh, I've been around Well, I, I can say that with authority and uh, true experience. Okay, so I want to tell you, uh, this week's message is important, and we'll base our scriptures in Psalm 133 and Matthew 18:2. Um, if you're writing any notes. That's Psalm 133 and Matthew 18, 22. So um, this is an important topic for our culture, for the whole world. And the theme of this week is unity. Unity. Debbie touched on it over and over again in her word as she was speaking. Um, The truth is when we gather together as one, in the name of Jesus, anything is possible. Anything is possible, including unity. And for some of you, you're, you're afraid that there, you know, unity is impossible, and maybe some situations in your family. I don't know what lives, but what are what are some of the things that we have in common as a church? We have faith, prayer, love we share in the gospel together, we share about Jesus to somebody, I have hope. What about you? I I have hope uh, when we gather together. Because if somebody, I see some of you come in here with what seem like unsurmountable problems, and we've spent time, and at least you come, uh, you know, the enemy's been trying to pour water on the ember of hope that you might have left on the altar of your heart, and God puffs those embers up again uh, while, while you might be struggling with something. But we have all of these things, and the benefits that we have are fellowship, right? Fellowship and teaching, and we just shared in communion, but we have communion amongst us as well. Amen? And especially at prayer meetings. Um, I want us to, but there's something greater that we get when we come together. Matthew 18:20. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. When we gather together, when we come, this isn't like come to church because God will be mad at you if you don't. See, that's what I was talking about—the message that they got. You have to come to church, or God will—you'll you, you, go to hell if you don't. You know, it's all that fear related to an angry God. He tells you to come to church because he wants to release the benefits that he has that come from gathering. God's the one that saw Adam alone when he, after he created him, and said, "It's not good for him to be alone." Do you see? It's part of how we're designed. It's part of how he's designed, how he's going to bless us when we are together. So what are some of the ways? Uh, it doesn't have to be an auditorium full of people. It can be two people, Sean, just two. Two or three gathered. That's what the house churches were all about. We were talking about that with Roy this week. There's an anointing on it for you to get together with two or three. You don't, It doesn't have to be a Bible study. Deb, could it just be a cup of coffee? What else can we do guys go for a walk with somebody what else I love going out for a meal I've been thinking about it with Norm and Patricia I'm telling you guys you're missing out if you haven't taken those two to dinner they are a hoot and your life will not be the same I'm telling you if we weren't having a meal today set them up for next week I'm telling you they're awesome And I've been missing it because I haven't been out with them for uh, recently. But those are things that we can do. We can just have them over to our house for a little bit. Come over for whatever. Or a small group or your Bible study. It's so important to not be alone. So there's so many opportunities for us to gather together and experience the Lord because whatever we're doing, he said if they're gathered together, whatever I do, I've learned this principle. This is a principle. I might not even be having a Bible study. We might not always talk about Jesus, but he always flies out of my mouth because he's part of my life, you know. He's there. You just had Jesus over. You go out to dinner, you just took Jesus to dinner. He's going to be there. How awesome is that? I love it, and I understand that. I want to read to you real quick. Um, Oh, and the other thing I want you to know is when you gather together in his name, You are actually gathering together under the authority, under his authority over your life. And you are gathering together under his direction because he will start giving you direction, just like some of you have gotten direction. I got direction out of Deb's uh, ministry earlier. I heard the Holy, you may not realize it. You think it's your thoughts, but it's the Holy Spirit speaking, whispering to you. Oh, oh, he's giving you direction. You might have said, oh, I never thought of that. Oh, Kathy just said, you know, what's a cup of coffee? I Oh, take Norman Patricia. I didn't even think of that. See, God can say, oh, you need to take him out for dinner. And if you love it so much, then you can take Pastor and I out for dinner, too, later. No, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, that isn't in my notes. You guys can read it, truly. It's just a laugh. Okay. But I want you to just see the love of God that Deb was talking about. He wants you to flow with one another. So no one's down and out. No one's left out. Not one be left behind. That's the Marines. Don't, not one man left behind. Read. I have on here. Read. Read Psalm 133. Let's for those of you who might have it, you can read it with me. Behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in harmony. It is like fine oil on the head. This is anointing oil. Running down. I don't have a beard. I shaved my off this morning. Uh, running down Aaron's, the beard, running down Aaron's head over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon. There's a mountain. When we went to Israel, we saw Mount Hermon. And there are cedars and there's vegetation there that cause dew to come up from the ground. And you see, that was important when he wrote this because it is a dry, arid country in Israel. Dew, or seeing that in the morning is precious. Falling on the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord has bestowed the blessing of life forevermore. He's talking about unity. He's talking about gathering together. He's talking about when we gather together. I've got somebody with a hand up here.
2: Yes. That's one of our, that's one of our favorite scriptures, and it's a song, and it's a welcoming message that Israelis give to newcomers, uh, immigrants, immigrants that are coming in to the country. And in Hebrew, it's Hinei I how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell in unity. And what they're basically saying is, you're you're us now. You're one with us. That's in that saying is the word one. One of many. Not just one, but one of many. And then the rest of that scripture basically says, you are going to help make this land a land of beauty and a land of plenty so anyway it's very very meaningful
0: i love it well those are our two scriptures this week psalm 133 and Matthew 18:20 wherever two are gathered together in unity amen i'm loving that <clears throat> thank you harmony for unity, with the bless are together with his children when we're here like this in harmony and unity, blesses the father, and then he commands a blessing to come upon you, a blessing, and that can be anything that you need. He knows what you need. Parents, if if nobody else knows, I you know parents know what it means to have kids fighting. Isn't it a blessing when your kids are not fighting and Right, Libby? You know that when kids are being naughty and all this kind of stuff, parents are like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? Oh, they're acting out. They want my attention. Well, just give them your attention. Love on them. And it's a blessing when the kids are all getting along together. Amen? Um, it's not any different for the Lord who watches over us. I want to skip some of this and get to some other places uh, for time because we've been having too much fun. I want to get to this. But what happens if you don't feel like being unified with somebody? That's a question. It's a valid question. What do we do when we feel divided? What do we do when we feel alone? What do we do with that? So what should we do? Pray a lot step out in faith extend ourselves reach out to the body but when you're not feeling like that and you want to believe leave me alone those kind of things are difficult to turn up right but I just want to remind every single one of you You are the person, not me, and not your neighbor, and not any other member of our family. You are the person with the power of decision. You are the person with the power of decision. I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to grab you. I'm here to harangue you. (laughs) and text you all the time if I don't see you. (laughs) I love the questions God has me pose to people when I'm praying for them. He talks to me about them. But you are the person with the power of decision. And I'm thankful for some of the decisions you're making, brother, the decisions you're about to make about how you spend your time. That wasn't in my notes. It just came to me as I gleaned across the crowd. I saw you there. That's a word from the Lord. The decisions you're about to make about your time and the use of it. He's going to be dealing with you on that. So pray for my brother. He's the one with the power of decision. I'm not. So... These are important and difficult questions. Um, How do we get back to a place of unity where the blessing of God abounds in the presence of Jesus when we're together? Um, I, I mean, I know if you've been to church a long time, things happen, things can come up, we can get offended, we do all that kind of stuff. But I want to talk about things that hinder us from wanting to hang out with people because sometimes people hurt us. Sometimes people have wronged us. Sometimes it's family members. It, it might have been me, and I—I I, I don't think I meant to. I—I I, I haven't done that in a very many many years. Go out purposely to get back. I, you know, God has taken that out of my heart. But I might offend you, and I don't even know it. So give me the opportunity to even know. Just don't isolate yourself from me. Um, And if I did something, then I want to have that opportunity to tell you I'm sorry and ask you to forgive me. You see, sometimes it's us holding on to something and not forgiving somebody. Right? That keeps us. It's normally something that comes up that really makes you want to isolate. We don't want to take the risk. Because being together with people is messy. I taught taught on that a couple of weeks ago during this series. It can be messy. It can be dirty. You know? Um, But this is what I want to say. One of the most powerful things that we can give during this season is forgiveness. Debbie was talking about what we could give. It's one of the most, well, it's not just a season, but, I mean, it's the most powerful thing that you can give anyone. It's one of the greater things he gave you. Jesus forgave you. It's a done deal. There's no negotiating it. So if someone has hurt you or wronged you, if someone just came to your mind while we were discussing this and you were trying to say, I don't want to think about that, would you, would you consider, would you preferably consider forgiving them, because in so doing you release yourself from that hole. Amen. Um, and I just want to give you Paul's scripture. It's it's a bonus scripture. Romans twelve eighteen. If it is po- if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. You're the person with the power of decision. I had a long story to tell you, but I'm not going to use it today. Um, It's a powerful story. Powerful story of what this church did. Some of you are going, oh, please tell us. But I'll try to do it in under two minutes. Years ago, a local church in this region that still exists today that we were very close with. We had been promoting unity between churches and pastors. We'd been working very hard. We had been having dinners with the pastor and his wife and the children. We were sowing. We were giving our time. We were giving. We were sowing for unity because we know apostolically God wants the church to be together, and he wants no denominational walls tearing us apart. And we had worked hard... Uh, and I don't mean worked I'd labored in the Lord. Uh, this wasn't a manipulative thing. it was genuine, and we had relationship together. and our churches has been we'd go to we'd say yes, they're having something go over there. Yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, if we had something there, people were free to come over here and join us uh, for for whatever event we were having. And somewhere along the line, uh, the pastor had asked us to, to uh do counseling with a couple that was in their church that they were having difficulty with they just couldn't get it right and I said well if we do this we're totally willing but we're going to be doing some intimate counseling and people might become they might become dependent on us because this is just this is how it happens sometimes and huh depending up on the lord in us yes thank you for clarifying that pastor lenny the Lord in us, you know, and you, you know, somebody that you can resonate with, you just kind of want to discuss those things if they start to open up. They were having problems in their marriage. Well, what happened is that did happen, and they submitted to their pastor that they wanted to start attending this church. But we discussed it before we ever stopped. No, no, it's not a problem. In fact, I didn't want to say this. They were kind of like, yeah, that would be a good thing because this is a problem here. Okay? Seriously. But what happened is when they did come, it became a problem. Because then others, uh, you know, maybe wanted to come. So there were rumors going out. Our relationship was starting to break down with the pastor. We were working on a big outreach in the valley. We did a huge tent meeting here years ago in the summer. People came far and wide, but um, things began to break down, and there were hurts, and there were woundings. I was one that got wounded, but though I staggered at the wound, in disbelief, like what just happened, I kept pressing in. So it began to deteriorate the relationship. And then we knew that word had gotten out when people started not attending Bible studies or youth groups and things like that that were going on, that they didn't want them coming. And even though we tried to confront that, and not confrontation, but just discuss it, um, you know, it was just, we're not going to talk about that. As I was praying one day over this, grieving in my heart because I knew God was, He gave me a vision. And He showed me two tribes of Indians, one on the Vermont side of the Connecticut River and one on the other side in Lebanon. And this church happened to be in New Hampshire. And I was watching this vision that I had, and I knew what we needed to do. Then He gave me scriptures. Lonnie came home from work, and I said, this is what the Lord's showing me to do. He prayed about it, and he says, okay, I'm going to pray. He came home with other ideas, and we put everything that the Lord was showing us together. And that next Sunday, we came to church, and it was so funny. We had about five new families come, and one of them had about five kids. And they came to church, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, how is this going to work? So... We just did it anyway because the Lord told us to. Unannounced, we told the whole congregation that morning. We worshiped and we told the congregation what was happening. We said, this is what the Lord has told us. You all know that we're suffering here and we're not having the fellowship. And the Lord's heart is grieved. He told us to go over. And he told Pastor to, there were many accusations against us. And the Lord told Lonnie to say guilty. I know, to stand up before their body and say guilty. And so when we discussed it, I said, but we're not guilty. Do you understand what I'm saying? But we're not guilty. And this was God's response. This was Jesus' response. He said, well, I wasn't either. But I took it on me. I just said, okay, guilty. Guilty. I'll be guilty for you. If you can't handle it, I'm happy to. And let me tell you, this is a story, but this went deep and this went wide. And this cut a deep gorge and chasm of God in our hearts to do that. And we did it in truth. We did it in truth. So we told our congregation we're not having regular service for any of you that want to come with us the lord has told us that we all go over this morning and we go over in the middle of their worship service and we interrupt their day lonnie uh, the lord had told me to bake in the old testament they would bring a peace offering and it was some kind of a date cake or something a date loaf and so i baked a bunch of them wrapped them up And we took those with us, and we laid them on their altar. When the pastor saw Lonnie come, and when the deacons were letting us in, they're like, what is going on? This is when they're supposed to be having their church service. We left just a handful. Those new new families weren't sure what was going on, so we just told them to worship, and we left a leader here to help out with it. And they just stayed here, because we said we didn't know how long it would be, but we just kind of had to let the Lord handle it. So we went over. They were in the middle of the worship. The pastor wants to know what's going on. And uh, they kind of stopped worship, and there was an aisle kind of like this, and everything's going. And Lonnie said, we're here. We're here to repent. We're here to reconcile. With the family of God we're here to be one with you I hope this isn't too long of a story but this is true Uh, we've heard things that some are saying we are guilty of and Lonnie just went up and he by this time he'd walked down the aisle and this is when our church was really full and theirs was full too so it was packed house including all of our people filling up the aisle And Lonnie came up, and he, right to the pastor, he said, guilty, guilty is charged. And we are sorry for any wound or any hurt that we have caused you. And we ask for forgiveness today for us all, that we might be one. We might be unified again. And many other things went on, and the rest of us came in and we laid the date things on the thing, and the pastor responded. He was in shock because he had no idea. We, the Lord didn't tell us to tell anybody that we were doing it. That's how he wanted to handle it. And so he, did, he was very gracious to us, and he said, well, yes, we want unity and all of that, but he was struggling. Let me tell you, he was struggling. Some of you may be struggling because Jesus has walked up to the altar of your heart and said, I'm guilty. I took it all for you. And to look you in the eye today, you might be struggling saying, what am I going to do in that response? Because there's nothing more that your God wants than for him to come and see his children gathered together in unity and togetherness, that the anointing oil from heaven comes down and flows upon your head all the way to your feet and saturates every part of your life. The goodness of God. So the pastor said... uh, well, Pastor Lonnie, uh, let's let's get together. We'd been asking them, let's get together for a meal, get together for a meal. He said, let's, uh, we're going to take you out for dinner because intimacy at our house was a little maybe too much. You know, we'd done this for years. We did go out for dinner. I want to tell you what happened at uh, the rest. And Lonnie, and we prayed. He prayed over us. Lonnie prayed over him we blessed all of their leaders and all their people. And then we said, well, we've got to get back to our congregation. And, you know, in a way, the pastor was glad that we were going back. But what I want to tell you is some people were weeping because those people that were in the body there had been praying. They'd been praying for this. They were crying out for it. And God touched their hearts. As we were and we had tears too this is real this wasn't just some corny act that we did no this was pleasing God we weren't going to do one thing or forget anything without pleasing him that day and what was reported to us later we came back here and that new family that had five or six kids is a young man and his wife they're just so precious he he got up we told everybody what had happened and everything and he just set up well he said we were here praying for all of you uh, two or three families were here and he said we were just praying and and believing God and he said um, pastor Lonnie he I remember he was sitting over here and he walked up here in front of Lonnie He says pastor Lonnie I don't know about any of these people because I don't really know I know a couple of faces in this congregation but he said I know that you follow Jesus And if you're leading, I'll follow you anywhere. I will go with you next time. And they were a part of our church for many, many years until, you know, they moved on and things happened. What happened in the church on the other side of the river that day was beautiful. The people started responding. And their whole church had a time of repentance. It led them to my, mend the fences with one another. If they'd had aught with someone, they went and repented, and it released an entire new level of unity in their own church. And we were so blessed. So I'm going to leave that. We did have uh, we did have uh, dinner with the pastor and his wife. Unfortunately, it didn't lead to what we had hoped to. But we did what God said, and we did it, and that's okay. Amen? I'm still waiting for that breakthrough because I sowed, we sowed as a body. So you're waiting for it, too, that this kind of unity will come. I want to talk about a couple things as I close right now because I took a lot more time with that than I wanted to. I don't know if any of you can – I I guess what I want to say, I want to not forget about a couple of things here, so let me just look at my notes because I'm going to move forward. Um, As we bring it to a close, I do want to give you some staggering information that are statistics. The church, as we know it, has changed, especially with COVID and all of this stuff, and it was changing before COVID. Um, they've done a study, and it's concerning that in the last four years, when they do this and they say, are you a Christian, the numbers are going down in America. Staggeringly, quickly, for the first time in America, people are not identifying as Christians. And even more staggering and concerning because of what we've been talking about the unity and togetherness is the fact that people that identify as Christians aren't gathering and if we aren't we're not receiving the fullness of the blessing that God has for us and that's something we should be praying about uh, together for all the earth so Last, in these past four weeks, we've talked about many things. We've talked about different topics. But if you go back to, I think it was week one, uh, I talked about solitary confinement, and I've been pondering that for all four weeks. I want to read what I told you that day. These are written reports scientific reports, appraisals that come from prisons and people that are subjected to solitary confinement. I told you that they are deprived of normal human interaction. Many are segregated prisoners, reportedly suffer from mental health problems including anxiety, panic, insomnia, paranoia, aggression and depression that's the enemy's plan for you to be isolated so he can throw all that on you see that's the enemy's plan that's what they torture people with if they're in prison that's what and it even deepens that so we cannot allow ourselves we are the people with the power of decision Amen? Is it any coincidence in our country <laughs> that there, people are leading more isolated lives, especially with COVID now? It's really affected people mentally, and we're just seeing an increase in mental health problems? Pray for one another. Love one another. Go drag somebody out of their hole. <laughs> They're whole. Um, I've threatened some. Don't make me have to come over there. But what is the antidote for isolation, kids? What is it? It's togetherness. It's community. It's fellowship. Is that Are those antidotes? If you're suffering from the isolation, those are the things. And we've got many things. So I do want to say, is it easier to stay where you are if you are an isolationist? You bet. I get it. I'm really like, I could just be in a hole. <laughs> you know, I really could. Just me and the Lord. But I'm saying, you know, shake yourself, Kathy. Is it difficult sometimes to be together? Yes. Is it easier? Not always. But once I get here, I'm a pastor, and there's sometimes I just wish I didn't have to come to church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anybody ever feel that way? I have to say, but you're the pastor. <laughs> you're one of the pastors. But but you're going. So it is. A, I could probably out of 40 years count the times I've missed a Sunday if I wasn't away somewhere on maybe one hand or barely two. I just want to say, what can you do today to take a step forward to the table? We've got a banqueting table over here. We're having spaghetti and meatballs. We just went to Thanksgiving. How can we help someone? I want you to consider the alternative. You know, consider versus staying home or wherever you are, are living that lonely life, consider how you can help someone else that might be feeling like you. And how can we help each other today? We've talked about all the ways, and how can we get as many people to the table as possible? Um, That's just what God wants us to do, is bring people to the table. So if you've been at the table for a long time, bring somebody else with you. Bring them. And today, if you didn't think to invite somebody to come to our friends and family meal, I love it. Deb thought to invite Libby. I'm psyched. Guys, this really is important. We've laughed and we've, you know, thought about some very serious things. But let's just pray together now. Father, 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 may we forgive one another maybe forgive even when we think or we think we know they're going to just hurt us again <laughs> lord let the forgiveness let us help us forgive one another so we can find the blessing of unity father may we continue in this season of gratitude may we continue in the season of loving one another till it hurts <laughs> and lord i pray over the people and myself that we will be mindful of bringing someone else with, with us to the table amen friends and family meal is at the ccc after service it's right after church we are going to bring our offering we are uh, also, Deb, how are we handling the reveal of who's prayed for you for 21 days? You told us we were going to reveal that today. We're going to do it at the center. Oh, at our meal. They don't want to miss it. Okay. They're over there right now, uh, saucing it up and boiling up that spaghetti. We've got a great full, well, you know what I mean, spaghetti sauce. Okay. <laughs> You guys are quite the crowd. You guys need prayer. Oh, my gosh. These people, I don't know. This is your family. You're stuck with this. It's forever. We bless you folks that are joining us this morning. We're about to bring our offering. If you want to sow into this ministry, if this ministry has blessed you and you are living somewhere that you can't attend, um, you can go right to our website. Uh, Praisechapeloutreach.com, and you can just push that donate button. We thank you for all of you who do and, and give far and wide, because believe me, we couldn't do the work that God is having us do without all of your help and without outside help. We just are not that big of a church to do what God has called us to do. So thank you all. We bless you. May you have an outstanding week. I'm really looking forward to starting next week. We're entering into the Advent season. Advent means that we're looking forward to something, and the whole world begins to talk about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so if you have participated in the 21-day for someone, and you drew an arm, be sure and reveal yourself to them in a few short minutes. And before you go, we're bringing our offering And Deb, I'm going to have you pray over it quickly. So if somebody would bring up our offering basket, we say God bless you all.